This one's for anyone who wants to be a real estate investor but doesn't have the money to buy unlimited rental properties or flips. Our guest, Anissa, fell in love with wholesaling real estate where instead of taking a property down as a rental, she could make $12,000 from it right away, move on to the next deal, and build her cash reserves up. This is the podcast for TEDxing your income and replacing your W-2 with a proven business called Wholesaling Real Estate. And my name is David Lecco, your host, along with Ryan Haywood, who's actually done 425 deals after he did an $8,500 finder's fee on his first wholesale deal back in 2019. Anissa, how did you make $12,000 on your very first wholesale deal? So um, I got started wholesaling um, just online through social media. Um, I started by reaching out to um, different people in Facebook group. And um, I came across a motivated seller. And uh, it just so happened to be in the city that I lived in. And uh, he was a tired landlord looking to um, sell his rental property. And that, that was my first deal. Wow. So you were in Facebook groups. What, what type of groups were these? So these were not like real estate groups. I was just in uh, primarily like um, Craigslist groups or um, buy and sell groups, you know, yard sale groups, just community groups that you would find just regular people in. Um, not real estate groups where you would typically find other wholesalers. Got it. And and how did you decide that that was a strategy? How did you even know that that was possible? Um, I had watched a few YouTube videos, TikTok videos, um, looked at some strategies from other investors and the way they did things and decided to give it a try. And that's how I found that out. How many did you encounter before you found one that was what you would call motivated. They really would like a lower price for speedy convenience. Yeah. So, I mean, I talked to dozens and dozens and dozens. Oh, hello, my kitty cat. Oh, hi, kitty. Sellers. <laughs> um, the majority of people that you're going to talk to are going to be people who want retail. Um, and I've been doing this for about a year and a half. So um, I've created some really great relationships with um, real estate agents, and I will always refer them to agents when they want retail. Um, so I would say for every 100 to 200 you talk to, maybe you'll get one or two that's motivated, and uh, you know, then you can turn them into a deal. Got it. And, and what was going on in your life that drove you to look at those TikToks, look at those YouTubes? and try out the strategy. I imagine that could feel a little bit uncomfortable, right? So there had to be some reason why you just felt like you needed to do that. Yeah, so um, I wasn't new to real estate um, investing. I had done a fix and flip in the past. I had a rental property. Um, I'm from New Jersey, and um, I had done a little bit of investing in New Jersey prior to moving to Florida in 2022. And when we moved down here to Florida, that's when we really got into wholesaling and decided that it was another excellent exit strategy. Um, you know, a lot of people get into wholesaling because they want to eventually ha have the end game of doing tricks and slips and buy and holds. Um, so a little bit reversed for us, but we do a little bit of it all. What was so interesting about wholesaling to you? 
Um, basically, that I didn't have to purchase any property. Um, it's basically just assigning contracts. And, um, you know, I won't say that you don't have to use any of your own money because there's always marketing and, you know, very, very small bits of overhead. Um, but in the past year and a half, I've been able to scale a team and um, have some very controlled growth. So That's amazing. And what are the downsides of buying a property? You're like, well, at least I don't have to buy this property. What are what are some of the reasons why you, you wouldn't want to do that and you, and you choose to wholesale a deal? Um, the number one would be the volatility of the market. Um, a lot of times, you know, your more seasoned buyers are are going to be able to uh, buy a property, fix it, flip it, be able to hold it if they need to. Um, but let's say, for example, six months from now, the market just drastically changes and all of a sudden you're upside down in whatever you, you paid for a property uh, when you're wholesale and you don't have to worry about amazing you get the cash quickly and you move on to the next deal love it so what happened next you found somebody on facebook marketplace or not the marketplace but the group they were motivated you said do you remember why exactly they were trying to sell that deal um, trying to think of, I think they were just, um, they had a tenant in place and then the tenant ended up moving out and they were just done with it. They were, they were ready to cash out on that investment and reinvest into something else. Okay. Got it. So what did you offer? So I believe I offered, uh, something around maybe 160. And I think they were looking for a little bit higher, maybe upwards of 200 to 10, something like that. Um, so and how did that feel? How did that feel to be so far apart? Um, so <laughs> from my first deal to talking to hundreds of people since then, um, you know, now it's like second nature, but in the beginning it's a, it's a little nerve wracking and, uh, a lot of sellers still think that it's uh, 2021 and the market's still the same as it was back then, and it's not. So um, one of the biggest things um, that I face is they'll be like, hey, well, the neighbor's house just sold for X. And I'm like, okay, well, that house is not a comp. It, it's not similar to your house. It has, you have very different characteristics. That one has a two-car car garage. You don't have a garage at all. Or, you know, just the different... Um, things that you want to make them understand why you're offering what you offer. And, um, you know, maybe that house was completely fixed up and, and ready to go for retail. This house might need $30,000 worth of work. So, you know, just trying to make them see it from that perspective. Um, and then usually you're able to meet somewhere in the middle, hopefully. Yeah. So was that a breeze for you or was it frustrating or did it feel... Yeah, to tell me about more about that. Yes, it definitely takes some finesse, you know, when you're first getting started. Uh, what can I say? I mean, practice makes perfect, right? You just, a lot of people I see are scared to kind of hit the phones and talk to sellers. And, you know, you just got to do it. Like, you just got to get in the game, do it, get on the phone. The more you talk to sellers, the more easily your conversations will flow. And um, I'm not a big fan of like reading from scripts. I think that everything should be as human as possible. 
and always always let you know the seller talk as much as possible so you can you can see what their needs are and how you can solve a problem for them so if you were to if you were about 40,000 apart like how did you come to terms with that how did you end up agreeing on a price on this deal yeah so basically just um giving them something tangible that they could look at okay here's a property that's comparable to yours and this is what it sold for this is what you'll get if you put twenty, thirty thousand dollars of work into it this is what you'll get for retail if you were to list it but you're gonna have to wait put it on the market put the work into it um you know and, and when people are in a rush to get out of a property they don't they don't want to be bothered with any of it. and that did you make a printout or how did you present that info I'm yeah. very analytical myself, so I would definitely do what you did. You know, I like. Yeah, I always um, make it a point to kind of have my ducks in a row before I um, jump into that conversation with them, so that you're not like all caught up. Um, so I did a little bit of homework, and you know, if you don't have the information in front of you right then and there, you may want to say like, "Let me get back to you." Um, you know, you don't definitely don't want to wait too long because there's another wholesaler right behind you waiting to scoop that property up. Mm -hmm. um, but Definitely being able to email comps or sending them a screenshot or, you know, an actual address like here, this property just sold and it's just like yours. Um, that, that to me is paramount. Gotcha. Hey guys, if you know you want to quit your job in the next three months, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast because we've got some incredible frameworks with step-by-step -step instruction that you're not going to want to miss. Also, leave us a rating and review to let us know your favorite parts and why you want to get financial freedom. And then, so did, once they got it under contract, how did you end up finding a buyer for it? So I have a few different strategies that I use um, to find cash buyers. One of the ones is going in Facebook group and uh, posting a deal. I'm not a huge fan of that because 90% of the feedback you're going to get is going to be from other wholesalers that will maybe try to daisy chain a deal. Um, it's always funny when um, a deal comes across your desk that you have under contract. But <laughs> uh, yeah, your own deal. Um, that, that, yeah. Yeah, I've had that happen before. Um, so basically what I try to do is um, pull out lists of cash buyers who have purchased a property for cash in that zip code in the past year. And another uh, part of the criteria that I use is that they own three or more homes. Usually you're going to find a lot of investors, um, you know, they own multiple properties, they're buying in cash. And that's one of the ways that I find cash buyers and then just build the relationships from there. Once you find them on that list, do you send them mail? Do you text message? Do you cold call? How do you find? All combination of all those things. Um, send text message, SMS blast. We have email campaigns that go out we um we don't really direct mail our cash buyers cold calling them um just trying to get them on the phone just to build that rapport and see what they want what what are they looking for how can we be of service and then you know and then once we we find those cash buyers that we can kind of tailor fit um our criteria for the deals that we're looking for and then they'll come to us for deals and that's really what Got it. And so is there a certain way that you, you don't wait till you have a deal, but that's an ongoing initiative where you find those cash buyers and you're reaching out to them? Yeah, that's always fluid. Definitely always out there um, in the space looking at what other people are posting. 
um, seeing uh, people, what they're commenting, what they're looking for, what they're not looking for, what they're laughing at, what they're, uh, you know, you just, just kind of feeling out the market and, and seeing what's out there. And um, from what I've seen just in the past year or two, the inventory's pretty been, pretty much been uh, steadily lower. So, you know, they're looking for great deals, but that doesn't mean that, you know, an investor is all of a sudden going to pay top dollar for a deal. They still want that, you know, below 70% minus repair uh, criteria. So just, just trying to find them what they're looking for. Gotcha. What are some goals you're looking forward to in 2024? Um, in 2024, I would definitely like to um, scale my business. Um, I love wholesaling, but I'm also a cash buyer as well. So I'm in the middle of a fix and flip right now. We're almost um, completed with that project. Uh, it's a single family home. So my next goal would be to get it to multifamily home, not only to buy and hold fix and flip, but also on the wholesale side. I'd like to uh, see more of that um, multifamily uh, just presence in in my portfolio. If you have a deal, how do you decide to fix and flip it or wholesale it? So, um, you know, the hedging strategy is always different based on uh, case to case. The the fix and flips that I have right now, I had planned to wholesale that deal. And when I uh, was was talking to different buyers for that, I was like, why can't I buy this? And so instead of saying, I can't buy it, I said, how can I buy it? And then I bought it. Okay. Would you buy every deal or do you, is there a way that you decided like this, this was the one that you wanted to buy? Yeah, definitely not. I wouldn't buy every deal. Uh, it just happened to work. The numbers happened to work. Um, I saw, you know, what other very seasoned investors were going to be paying for the deal and uh, what I would be able to offer for the deal. And um, it was right in line. And uh, so... I said, let me go for it. And oh, so you're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you were to overcome being unsure if it was the, the right deal by marketing it as a wholesale deal, you saw what other people were willing to pay for it. And that gave exactly. you the confidence. Exactly. Well, congratulations on making the $12,000. Thanks for reaching out on social media. Uh, anyone that's got questions for you and thanks for responding to those in advance. And I'm certainly glad to have you here as part of the Deal Machine family. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. You bet. Thanks for listening to the Deal Machine Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please leave us a review and follow along wherever you're listening to your podcast.